0: This is Rising Up with Sonali and I'm your host Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Just days before President Joe Biden convened a major virtual climate summit of world leaders and pledged to lower carbon emissions, House Representative Cory Bush of Missouri introduced a climate-friendly piece of legislation together with New York's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It's called the Green New Deal for cities. Ocasio-Cortez also reintroduced her original Green New Deal resolution in the House together with Senator Ed Markey, who has sponsored the Senate version. Both lawmakers had first introduced the GND resolution two years earlier. My guest is Kanyela Ng, Climate Justice Campaign Director with People's Action. Welcome to the program, Kanyela.
1: Hey, thanks for having me so long.
0: So let's first talk about what Cory Bush and AOC have introduced in this specific Green New Deal for cities, for cities, tribes, towns, etc. Um, this is separate from the Green New Deal resolution, right?
1: Yes. So the Green New Deal resolution uh, came back uh, after, you know, as a new Congress, the squad, uh, a lot of the progressive members of Congress uh, are called, yeah, they've grown. Like there are more uh folks who identify as like boldly progressive uh that are in congress now that represent that come from impacted communities like some folks like a lot of these folks are from the working class some of them had to deal with homelessness and um all sorts of hardships that like many people are dealing with now in this coronavirus crisis so they wanted to show that uh the green new deal despite having been uh uh uh, exposed to just so many misinformation campaigns and attacks from the far right that it's stronger than ever there's more support than than ever before and the green new deal resolution it's just a framework um it's not it's not legislation it's it kind of shows like over the next 10 years, what we need to do. And now there's actually actual bills that are backing them up. So one of them are, it is like a Green New Deal for schools. One of them is like a green bank and that's gonna come up soon. Um, there's a transportation bill for mass transit. And one that got me really excited is this Green New, deal for cities. And actually like Cory Bush, uh, Representative Bush and Representative Ocasio-Cortez, they didn't just draft this bill in DC with like a bunch of policy wonks. They actually brought in community organizers like me and some of like our grassroots leaders and uh started it and built it from the ground up. So it, that's what's um I think gonna make this bill the most impactful um for, from where I'm standing as well.
0: What is in the Green New Deal for cities exactly? What is, as you mentioned, unlike the Green New Deal resolution, this one is an actual bill that actually talks about policy and I imagine most importantly, talks about where money can and should be spent.
1: Sure. So the bill will authorize one trillion dollars to fund green projects and it funds 100 percent of any local Green New Deal program. Uh, So that includes towns, cities, uh, tribal governments, uh, counties uh, and uh, it it requires that you have a hundred percent clean energy goal by 2030 like that's a like a really aggressive target but it's definitely doable um less than
0: 10 years
1: well that's that's the timeline that we really need to hit uh because we need to be decarbonizing at least seven percent of our uh our our economy needs to decarbonize at least seven percent per year for the next nine years if we're gonna uh if my kids like i have a one a one-year-old and a four-year-old like by the time they're 30 or 40 this island i'm here in hawaii it could be unlivable uh our the place we grew up in near the beach um could be underwater so it, it's just there's a real urgency to this moment i think the uh where where democrats are what biden proposed uh in the american jobs plan is a good start but it doesn't go far enough and a lot of these cities are willing and able to go farther but unfortunately they've been they're uh they need to balance their budgets and they're like there's been a lot of funds and jobs just hemorrhaging from these local governments so um while we need these like local based solutions we need federal funds so that's i think the 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 beauty of this proposal is uh the federal government will will resource these local governments but then get out of the way um, and allow them to decide for themselves because we know our communities best
0: and so, you re- in referring to the jobs plan that Biden put forward, I think you alluded to—you're alluding to the fact that the Green New Deal for cities is essentially a green infrastructure plan, right? To retrofit, fund eco-friendly infrastructure in a way that it, it, it helps cities um, reduce carbon emissions, and I imagine also prepare for climate change.
1: That's right. I mean, I mean there's a lot of bills that are like moving through Congress right now, there's that uh, the American jobs plan. It's just a proposal by the White House. And that's being worked worked through uh, the Congress and the Senate. And right now there's like $2 trillion that is asking for. Um, if we really want to see the change we need and make this infrastructure bill at the scale we need to avert climate catastrophe, then we've got to be looking at more like a trillion a year for the next 10 years, not just 2 trillion over the next 10 years. And in fact, that's more in line with what Biden campaigned on to begin with uh, when he was a candidate. He was talking about, I think, 4 trillion over four years. So if we can get it closer to that, then that'll make a lot of these bills like the Green New Deal for Cities um, possible. Uh, If we're limited to a smaller uh, scale uh, in the recovery bill, then um, it would be less likely and it'll take a lot more organizing and you know, it might not be in this key moment. But the thing is, like, if we look at the last few presidencies, uh, this could be our one opportunity. Like, this is a once in a generation opportunity when we have uh, the trifecta. Democrats have a trifecta in the in the White House, Senate, and Congress, and you have a president who's willing to step out and say he wants to be the next FDR. So um, I just think it's going to take a little bit more pressure on the ground uh, to move this forward. But we can't squander this uh, really rare unicorn moment.
0: Right. I mean, the last four years of Trump were lost years uh, of inaction, but also rollbacks. So they were very, very dangerous. So let's take a listen, actually, to what Representative Cori Bush said when she recently introduced her Green New Deal for cities legislation. This is uh, one of the, the new squad members, uh, Cory Bush of Missouri. Two years ago, The green new deal transformed our movement reframing the climate conversation as an economy-wide effort for climate racial economic justice the green new deal focuses on public investments and green jobs and green infrastructure i know i don't have to preach to the choir but it helped make climate action relevant to people like me who live paycheck to paycheck and that's all i know paycheck to paycheck now two years later We have a once in a generation opportunity to push forward transformative change. As we flesh out the Green New Deal together, we are building a body of legislation that applies to the commitment to jobs. Like my sister said, racial justice and climate justice to each proposal that we all put forward. And that is Representative Corey Bush of Missouri in a speech introducing the Green New Deal for cities. She did it alongside Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who has also reintroduced the Green New Deal resolution that she had uh, put forward. Two years ago, Kaniela Ng is my guest. He's a uh, climate justice campaign director with People's Action. Kaniela, how important is it for, as Representative Bush was saying, for us to be addressing the fact that we also live in a country that's deeply unequal, there's rampant poverty, and of course, um, people of color are disproportionately impacted by poverty. Why is that such an important part of the conversation around fixing the climate?
1: Well, there are people that uh, have been excluded, not just from, like we talk about, we're, we're talking about the Green New Deal. But when you look at the original New Deal, that was specifically for white folks, particularly white men. Um, and this is FDR's color, New Deal. Yeah, The yes, yeah, the FDR's New Deal. Um, and people of color were purposely uh, left out of that. So when we're doing a new uh, proposal that's at the scale of the New Deal, not only do we want to avoid those past mistakes and wrongs but we want to actively heal um the mistakes that we made in the past so th- those that were hit the worst uh will be addressed first um there will be uh there'll be targeted investments into black and brown communities um environmental justice communities and that's a big point of this uh, over 50 percent of investments need to be going uh, to these marginalized and frontline groups um and you know there's just in terms of building the support we need in order to move something this transformational, we need all hands on deck. And frankly, if, if you're worried about uh, getting shot on the streets when you walk outside or, or even getting shot in your own bed, um, then you're not gonna care so much when someone talks about polar bears in Antarctica. Um, if you're an immigrant getting your baby ripped from your arms and someone says, yeah, we can deal with that, but let's talk about batteries first, or you're you're a native person losing your like your ancestral homeland. Um, you got to deal with these issues first if you want to bring these people on board in this movement. And uh, you know you got to meet people where they are. And only when we have this uh, multi generational, cross class, uh, multi-racial movement, um, that's the only way we're going to win. So people are finally realizing that that talking about social and environmental justice, gender justice, racial justice. That those aren't impediments. That, that doesn't distract from climate change. In fact, it's necessary in order for us to win.
0: Now, give me an example of what a project could look like if this Green New Deal for cities were to pass and become law. Cities and towns and tribal governments would get funding. And under that funding, what sort of projects could be eligible? What could a project that simultaneously addresses climate change while uh, ensuring people of color Um, aren't left behind? What could such a project look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And the the fact is, when people hear about the Green New Deal, I know here in Hawaii, people are like, oh, that's that federal, like Washington, D.C. thing. Um, And it's about regulations. But in reality, the Green New Deal is really popular because it's a mega job creator, um, despite wild mischaracterizations from corporate polluters and the far right. Um, The challenge is making it local. Like when people hear about this, like 13-figure, investments and two degrees celsius it kind of just it it doesn't seem so real Um, but when you're talking about that abandoned mall down the road um, and transforming it into a community space uh, or you're talking about a a mass transit system that our high-speed rail that will take your town and connect it directly to the main drag of the city um, These are exciting, these are exciting projects, Uh, you know, community gardens, uh, uh, new high schools that are net zero um, energy, like these are uh, things that will really bring the Green New Deal home. Um, And frankly, people trust their local governments more than they trust Congress, uh, because they're more attuned to our relevant local needs. So we're talking about weatherizing homes, that's another example, Um, like You know, so your your house can better withstand the cold uh, without having to pay exorbitant heating costs. And
0: uh, or putting solar panels on homes in a particularly hard hit neighborhood where the people living in that neighborhood are trained and hired to do the job. If they have high unemployment rates there, I imagine that those are the sorts of things we might see as well.
1: That's right. And just imagine we keep talking about unifying the nation and how divided we are. but. Just think about what it would mean from folks from rural areas urban areas black white um you know middle class poor folks standing in line together in their local employment office um and leaving with a guaranteed job with their sleeves rolled up willing to get to work on a project just right down the road like that's the kind of thing that will really unify people together um and you know it's like, it's like that shared sacrifice and that's a that service to our local communities that's a bipartisan value that um you know we should be focusing on building out more rather than just like throwing statistics at one another
0: Now, the uh, Biden administration last week hosted a climate summit, an international climate summit, where uh, President Biden invited leaders from all around the world to, you know, uh, make pledges for how they're going to be keeping emissions in check, because, of course, like a global pandemic, climate change is a global issue. It uh, doesn't help if only a handful of countries are doing their best to keep emissions low because emissions travel, um, while other countries are, are not doing enough. So what, what, what do you make of what took place uh, in terms of the climate summit? Um, are you heartened about uh, the pledges that Biden himself made on the US, or do you think that he could have gone further in committing the United States to lower emissions?
1: Well, I'm I'm hardened in the fact that this is a hard departure from the last four years, um, but the fact is those last four years set us back quite a bit. Like we don't have 12 or 13 years left to take uh, to decarbonize. We have less than nine now. So in that regard, um, yeah, it would be ideal if you know, the U.S. took a, a stronger stance and led more. And this idea of uh, like climate diplomacy and kind of um, Using like negative uh, sort of um, diplomatic means in order to, uh, especially economic sanctions in order to force other nations. um, That doesn't seem ideal either, because then you're you're oftentimes punishing um, some of the most marginalized folks uh, globally. And uh, I I think that's if we want to maintain some moral integrity and leadership as a nation, um, there are other ways to go about it. And I think first of all we need to lead by example.
0: And so uh, what about other nations as well? I mean, of course, we are responsible for what our government does, but the Biden administration invited other big emitters to the the table, um, you know, of course, we are in the midst of a global pandemic. One of the things that came out last year that that emerged as an unexpected issue was that we realized that we can indeed have emissions drop dramatically um, when we're in the middle of an, a pandemic. Unfortunately, those emissions have gone right back up. Do you think that on a global scale, there was enough done?
1: Yeah, I, I, I do appreciate the idea of being the richest nation in the history of the world um and having to and having a history of like our development was through um you know slavery it was through uh, unpaid labor of women and immigrants um and it was also through massive uh burning of fossil fuels and pollution. Uh, so when we're looking at um, other developing and re- recovering nations, frankly, like recovering from colonialism and um, you know, the pains of, a, of, of the global economy, um, then we should be sympathetic to that and actually uh, use our resources to help them uh, not, <laughs> not develop the same way that we have, um, which is uh, to, the, to the detriment of the planet.
0: Uh, Tell me about the work that People's Action is doing to promote the Green New Deal for cities that we were talking about earlier.
1: Yeah, we're, you know, sometimes when these campaigns get launched or when these new legislations get launched in Congress, there's like a big splash and then folks kind of just drop off because these are, you know, these are bills that may not pass in the current makeup of Congress, but really shifts the narrative. And once you win, um, once you kind of make an idea mainstream then it has a much better chance so we know that in order to um, move something like this on the on the inside we're going to have to have a really strong game on the outside so um, we're organizing uh, hundreds of local elected officials to uh, kind of shape plans and and say why they need this sort of investments in their communities um, and organizing people around it because you know when you talk about like sign up for a green new deal People will sign, like our petition got oh, nearly 30,000 signatures so far. Co sponsors of the Green New Deal, um, community co sponsors, but those are mostly activists, right? If you want new people that don't always follow politics, uh, to, to care about this, you got to talk about a local project. You need to be like, hey, that that high-speed rail, like in Honolulu, for example, we've been trying to build it for 30 years and it's like still just pillars, it hasn't been finished. And yeah, so we're trying to organize uh, folks state by state uh, in order to demand uh, and show why we need this sort of massive federal funding.
0: Kaniela, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate your time.
1: Thank you, Sonali.
0: My guest has been Kaniela Ng, Climate Justice Campaign Director with People's Action. We've been discussing new efforts at a Green New Deal for cities. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. We're online at risingupwithsonali.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RUWithSonali. with Sonali.